the antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. Dave Hawkins, and you've got the antidote. You just heard Preachcore Lives. One of the lines from that new single says, I will worship for an audience of one. There's not a chance that tonight's feature artist has ever had that small of a crowd at any of their shows. Sleeping Giant has been a dominant force in the hardcore scene for over a decade. 
but now the band has given the sad news that their music is coming to an end. Sleeping Giant has played a unique role in the music scene. The idea of combining hardcore with worship may seem to be an oxymoron, but that's exactly the role that Sleeping Giant chose. A couple of weeks ago, I got together with Tommy Green, the band's frontman and vocalist, with a big list of questions about their music, faith, and what kind of statement they're making on their upcoming final release, I Am. That album title may be simple, but it does show that God is at the center of their music. Here's my talk with Tommy. Tommy Green, frontman of Sleeping Giant, joins The Antidote. Good to have you here. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I should really get this straight right from the start, because I've seen your name listed so many ways. Should I be calling you Tom, Tommy, or... T-H-O-M, Tom. Um, yeah, Tommy's fine then. <laughs> <laughs> the other names are just your alter egos. Yeah, that's true. Multiple personalities. So that's how it works. <laughs> Sleeping Giant just got back from playing Christmas Rock Night in Germany. You sure you're really ready for this talk, or would you rather just go back to bed? <laughs> no, good. I'm good, man. It's um, Yeah, it was a long one. It was a long weekend. We left on like a Wednesday, flew through the night, got there Thursday, crashed played friday saturday flew back home without sleeping super early sunday so it was uh, kind of a whirlwind but yeah i'm back i'm i'm here i exist i'm awake you know if you say sleeping giant here in ontario everybody thinks of this landmass up on lake superior but i'm sure that's got nothing to do with your band name how about giving us the roots of the band and where the name came from sure well, one of my favorite bands, uh, when I was like a, you know, just a, a young kid getting involved into the hardcore scene in Salt Lake City, and my one of my first bands that was ever my, my favorite was a band called Dead Guy, and uh, they had a song called Crazy Eddie, and the lyrics of the song talked about a sleeping giant who's seen it all and who's not going to stop and all this stuff, and I, I like the song so much, and I always thought that phrase, sleeping giant, was really cool, so when we started the band, I remember thinking... It's called Sleeping Giant, and people thought that was super awesome. The dudes in the band liked it. And um, then we found out that the region of Southern California that we were from was actually called the Sleeping Giant. The Inland Empire of Southern California is the region that we're from, and it was uh, the Sleeping Giant because it was where so many people that supported kind of the greater Los Angeles area where, where so many of them sort of stayed and worked from. It was like a citrus capital, and so it sort of took on its own meeting. It, for me, it just started because I like that guy. And then it took on a different significance because it was actually the, the name of the region where the band came from. Effectively, you were destined to take on that name. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it felt like a real kind of special kind of thing. So, And it's definitely been that. It's definitely been a really special experience. Let's take the music back to the band's earliest release, 2007's Dread Champions of the Last Days. This song title may have been prophetic, considering the impact Sleeping Giant has made over the years. Here's Dynasty.
the music of Sleeping Giant is heavy, and so many Christians still equate that music with darkness. And some even take it further and say that metal and hardcore come from the devil. I'm sure you've heard it all before, but how do you respond to people when they bring that up? Well, I mean, honestly and truly, it's like I don't actually worry about too much of that. When I've heard it, I've thought, well, it's the source. That's what people are really talking about, you know, and, and the reality of the situation is that God invented music and the enemy is a he perverts what's already there. He corrupts what's already been created. He can't create anything. And so the idea of tone and frequency, music and sound, even Davidic worship and praise, there was times when it was aggressive. You know, the Hebrew word for praise, Barak, means to bow. But then the, the Hebrew word for praise, Shabak, means to shout in a loud voice. And so I'd imagine if we could see David in the tabernacle back in the day, we'd feel very freaked out by the way he was worshiping um, and the undignified nature in which he danced before the presence of God. I think it doesn't look anything like sitting in rows with a light show, you know, on a Sunday morning. So I don't really worry too much about some of the cultural differences. I would just say that God invented music and the enemy has been the one that sort of counterfeited what God made. And uh, all we're doing is a redemptive work, taking back what already belongs to Jesus and giving it to his people again. So I don't really worry about that stuff too much. That makes you a current day David. You dance on stage. I do dance on stage. I love it, man. It's one of the only places I can kind of get that wild in worship. And so it's it's a special time for me. And uh, I, I feel like some of what we do in the hardcore scene, some of the values, um, some of the aggression, even some of the expression it's really a part of how we are designed to worship on this planet. And uh, it's something that's lacking in many modern day worship contexts. So I'm grateful to have a forum to be able to express that in a healthy way with the Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus as the source of my life for that to come out in worship. Um, people need to see that it's possible to praise God in an unconventional way especially for people that religion has really put a box around what God is allowed to be. They really need to see that there's a big wide world that God is the originator of, that God loves and is expressing his love in. Yeah, we dance, we get, we get wild on purpose because there's a time to sing and there's a time to be quiet. There's a time to kneel. There's a time to bow low and there is a time for warfare. You know, hopefully we represent a different dimension of praise than what people are used to seeing. But make no mistake about it, the strength and source of my life is Jesus, and that's where our worship comes from. I can see how the straight-up lyrics found on Son of God, Son of Man could change the minds of hard musicators. Give it a listen.
this puts Sleeping Giant into a unique spot, combining worship with hard music. Was that always the intention of the band? Yeah. I used to just wanted to make music that I felt like angels would sing to that wouldn't be a betrayal of my culture. Like even the fact that we're a Christian hardcore band um, is already so fringe and weird, even to my friends within the hardcore scene, you know, we're walking a really weird line because we're taking a subculture in America, the hardcore scene, which is now an international subculture. We're taking a sound that many people in that subculture would say like, this is ours. We're taking that and we're adding this Jesus dimension to it, which already makes it way weird for them. I'm hoping to build a bridge so that Christian people will actually give this sound a chance without counterfeiting or selling out the thing that I love about it. I love the sound. I love the style of music within the hardcore scene. I love what it has meant to me and I love what it creates for a lot of people that have, you know, deep fear, anger, you know, issues that they need to get out in a healthy way. And so I love what the hardcore scene represents. So creating worship that won't sell out where I've come from, that is a part of where I've come from, um, that still brings glory to Jesus and creates maybe some some space in the church for people to to give this a second look. That's always been the plan from our very first record was to to be about what we're about, which is we are about our father's business. We really are about the Lord and we're really about God. Our lives have been changed by Jesus. So that is the driving passion, but we're not going to alienate where we've come from in the pursuit. So yes, it's always been a part of the plan to create worship that was intimate, that was driving, that was aggressive, that was cathartic, that was all those things that I think don't happen on a Sunday morning because the context isn't the same. I think you'd be interested to know that I attended the opening for a metal church in Toronto, and guess whose song they were including? Guess what band it was? That's Sam John. I know him. He hit me up and let me know they were getting launched. That's cool. The Underground in Toronto. That's sick. (laughs) They played Tithomy, right? Exactly. So cool. Yeah, I mean, that's been the point, is like, if we can create ammunition for you know, the body of Christ to take and and disperse and give out, like, then maybe there's more people that go, gosh, I I really needed that. I needed that moment to be able to dance. I needed that moment to be able to, to get out the aggression or the the feelings of frustration that I'm feeling. And it's, I'm too loud for churchy music right this second. Thank you for creating music that would cover me where I'm at. And then maybe it's easier to walk into some of those quieter moments because you've got a place to put it. Um, almost like we'll be the minor scale to the major notes that is most worship. We'll fill in the blanks. Tommy and I spoke about the Church Underground's worship set, including the Sleeping Giants song, Tithomy. Here's the original.
and it's not always loud, because that's a funny thing about your music, is that I really think it's the mellow he will reign that might have made the biggest impact on people. Yeah. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I love it, man. That's all me. That's like, a, I think to be honest, the, the point was to be multidimensional. The point was to create songs that had that kind of beauty so that people that had never heard our kind of music before would never give it a chance or would get mad at their kids for listening to it, would stop and go, whoa, like these dudes are making music that I understand. Now it's easier for me to understand the other stuff. So hopefully trying to create unity, trying to create a sense of connection between the generations, trying to create a space for people that are angry and frustrated and Christian to be like, I get it. And thank you for creating that because that's how I feel too. Not only do I love him and he's beautiful and he's holy and he's worthy and I want to praise him, but I'm also deeply frustrated and there's injustice on the planet. Thank you for talking about the stuff. You know, thank you for being honest. So yeah, it's, it's both and, and I, I am totally fine with the beauty and those softer moments because that's a part of who we are as humans. It's also a part of who I am. So I can stand by any of it and say, yeah, that's all me too. I'm both and. You know, I planned on seeing Sleeping Giant play a festival in the States a few years ago, but you guys had to cancel at the last minute. So I really have no idea whether the crowd is on their knees praying or if they're moshing in the pit. Mm -hmm. What's a live show like? It's all of the above. It's hopefully it's kids just dancing and having a great time, jumping around and moshing and freaking out, and stage diving and you know just do, going nuts and, and expressing themselves and having a great time. And then there's also moments where you know, hopefully people are truly connected with the presence of, of Jesus. Like, you know, God is everywhere, like omnipresent, but, but I love that he would manifest his presence in a specific way to touch the lives of people. And hopefully not only the lost, but the found, that everyone would feel a sense of like, wow, if this is what Jesus kind of feels like, this feels good to me. And, and maybe their hearts would open up to um, the message of his life and his story and his death and resurrection. And, his lordship you know so it's it's all of the above i hope that it's deeply fun i hope that it's powerful and joyful i also hope that it's deep and impactful and it draws people to change the way that they're thinking and receive from the holy spirit and maybe be transformed in those moments you know to be healed to be set free from mindsets that are damaging to even have miracles happen in that wild and crazy kind of setting and we've seen it all we've seen people um really touched by God in miraculous ways. People that we didn't pray for, but just God was moving. If you can, you know, get behind that kind of thing and were touched by God and they had sickness and disease and all of a sudden, boom, in the presence of God in this weird hardcore show environment, you know, God touches them and they know that he's real. And, and that's something special between God and with that individual. And we hope to set that kind of atmosphere environment everywhere that we go. Every single chance we have to share Jesus with people.
from Sleeping Giant are aggressive. I mean, really, just like your music. But I mean, the lyrics are aggressive in a spiritual sense. I suppose I'm thinking of songs like Brothers Keeper or Throne Room Militants. Mm -hmm. And it has the line, it's the man Christ crucified, so we live and die for the secret life. And to the enemy of our souls, we've come here to destroy. Mm -hmm. Should Christianity be militant? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as simple as that I mean, yeah, yeah like seriously it's i mean i get the multidimensional part of everything there was a certain time where jesus said you know in a specific context i haven't come to bring peace but division i've come to bring a sword like i've come to, to see fire on the earth and 
and I wish it was already started, but it's not, so I'm going to start it. Like, there's a sense of the Son of God was manifested to destroy the work of hell that steals and kills and hurts and harms and creates chaos and wreckage um, to the planet and to people, the thing that God loves so much. It's like, yeah, there's a time to fight back, not to hurt people, but to absolutely, like Paul would say, you know, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And he says, we demolish arguments, pretenses, you know, every high thing. We like fight in the spiritual realm to demolish the things that people are hiding from God behind. We want to break those down so that they can see that God is good, his light is true, and that people can be seen. They can come out of shame, they can come out of fear, they can come out of sickness. But like if they're going to hide behind walls, I don't care if we kick those walls over, not even a little bit. If the Son of God was manifested to destroy the work of the devil, then on a certain level, there's going to be moments in time where we transition from the gentleness and the calling of Jesus into the warfare and that destroying the works of hell in the lives of people so that they can be free. And uh, yes, totally. This is very much spiritual warfare. It's not meant to hurt people. It's meant to strike back at strongholds and demonic things that hold people hostage. So I don't mind hurting the tormentors of humanity. I don't mind fighting them at all. Well, how about carrying on further with that? Should the music created by Christians be safe and acceptable? Sometimes, because I think that that is also a dimension of God. You know, it's all together. Um, the idea that it should be one thing and not another, that says that God somehow is just one thing and not another. And I think God is so like multifaceted. There's so much to him that, that there's something so beautiful about the the unifying themes of God, that he is both safe like a father. He's nurturing like a mother hen gathering chicks, right? But he's also a mighty warrior. All of those things are true about God and his nature. Like the pictures of what that means, you know, we could interpret a bunch of different ways. But yes, I think that we should create a place where people feel safe because I think that's where the heart of a pastoring God would come from. He creates a safety for people. He would also fight a lion or a bear that would come after his people. So he's like both and. He's, he's a tender, merciful father, and he's also a mighty warrior. I struggle with the idea of militant Christianity, but I do understand where Tommy's coming from on that point. It's up to you to enjoy or disagree with throne room militants. Let's go! 
One song from Sleeping Giant that isn't particularly safe is Descending Into Hell. What drove you to write a song about sex trafficking? I uh, I have friends and family that, that have worked with the victims and the, the abusers of young boys, young girls, you know, men, women, and children that have been a part of this just horrific enterprise. And uh, it's a sick business, and it's climbing the charts in terms of its ability to generate money. You know, it's, it's one of the more lucrative things because people are a renewable resource. So it used to be, you know, drugs, guns, and then people. And it's, I think it's become drugs, people, and now guns are the most popular things for, for these people to sort of take advantage of. And so, um, I met a really dynamic individual that was rescuing kids and his, uh, story so struck my heart that I was like, I want to be a part of bringing awareness and speaking against and protesting on behalf of the victims and uh, become a part of the fight against human trafficking. And this was many years ago. And then over the last couple of years, it's come full bore. And then my, my wife and I, we crossed paths with someone that was in the process of being trafficked and fought to help get them out of a really horrible situation. Um, and so we've been, we've been touched personally as a family um, in the fight as well. And, and we will continue to be just because it's something that, speaks to a number of different issues, poverty, um, people's lack of connection, empathy, sexuality, family, you know, fathering, mothering, all the, there's so many dynamics um, that are touched by this issue. The manifestation of it is that people are selling other people for sex. They're using humans. Uh, but the root of it comes from so many different places that it's a, it's a universal thing that people can understand. It touches everyone all over the world. And so um, when it hit my heart, I went, I'll fight this. I'll fight this for sure. And so it's become something that's been important, even going to Cambodia to work with Agape International and filming our video for Victory, which is one of the songs off of uh, Finnish People. You know, that was working alongside of a human trafficking group in Cambodia, um, which has been so devastated since the late 70s under the Khmer Rouge. And, and what's happened there, it's like, it's a big deal. And so um, starting with that record, I didn't know about the issue. Um, I had no idea until just before we wrote Sons of Thunder. So when that popped up, I went, oh my God, I need to fight this. This is something I feel compelled to lend my voice to. And it's been consistent ever since. It's been something that we've written about um, multiple times. Love is a fire, the sex to blow. I the streets. Spread down the doors, smash every window. Two of the orphans escape. What would Jesus do? I think of all the names You know what's unbiblical Rushes are sitting in some black and roll These people live so violated They will concern with such a chance Oh my god Your religion says I fight this war Thirty millions in our own backyards Exploited masses These kids are all alone Waiting for some 
curious about and i guess this is getting personal with you how does tommy green define himself huh my connection to jesus and my connection with my family just simple like that <laughs> is this sort of like blues brothers you know i'm on a mission from god yeah well but you don't have the car crashes right like you could say covenant the covenant that that jesus is in with me and like the covenant that i've made with people on the planet which is like my wife and so everything good for my kids is going to come from me and Chrissy. So me and Jesus are first and me and Chrissy are second. And everything else will come after that. People that aren't Christian have a tough time realizing what that really means. Yeah. Well, I think Christians are still figuring it out. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like within the Christian context, we still think that, just to be honest, that the new covenant is actually between God and his church. Like we think that we've got something to do with that when the reality is that the new covenant is actually between the Father and and the son. And so we can't do anything to mess that up. Like we just get to receive mercy and forgiveness, everything good. And so I think Christians are still trying to work for a bunch of stuff that they've already got. And they're willing to sacrifice their family to do that work. So I, I don't think they've got it figured out yet. I want to be in a good place with Jesus because I love him. Well, <laughs> I love him a lot. And then I want to be in a really good place with my wife forever because, you know, I, I went through a real bad like youth and, you know, got married really young and went through a really horrible divorce. And so to get a second chance in all these areas of my life, like, you know, it's me and the Lord first and foremost, and then it's, it's me and my wife. And, and I think if me and Chrissy are like communicating and we're good, then our kids are going to have a, a way better chance of it being really healthy and, and beautiful people. And I think that's the biggest reformation or revolution that could sweep through the nation is is really healthy families, but not just for family's sake. Like we have a big calling together, but I'm content to be with my family. I'm good doing that. And so as, I think as long as I keep my priorities straight, you know, God can do what God wants to do. So I would say covenant is the most important thing. That's how I define myself. Okay, I'm going to flip back to music here for a minute. Yeah, do it. 
It's been 10 years since Sleeping Giant brought out your debut album, Dread Champions of the Last Days. January 26th, the band releases your final album, I Am. You must yeah. want this to be a standout moment in your music. Yeah. What does the album have to say? You know, honestly, man, it's weird that you'd say that because, you know, um, like Sleeping Giant's final show is going to be February 17th, 2018. Our first show ever was February 17th, 2006. It was the night before I got married. And so it'll be 12 years to the date that we've basically been playing. And so it's been the chronicle personally. My personal view is I'm realizing that this band has been an absolute gift from God to me so I could chronicle my life um, moving from California to Utah to just try to be a good dad to my oldest daughter and still do what I could for the kingdom. That has been the process. And my daughter is about to graduate high school this year. Like it feels like a long chapter is coming to an end. Um, the very first record, I wrote a song called No Sleep From My Eyes. And that was about my, my daughter, Marin leaving California and going away. And uh, me saying, you know, you'll get no sleep from my eyes till, till she comes home. And so to get full circle now, she's eight, she's coming up on 18 and she lives with me and my wife and she, she loves Jesus and she's, you know, doing her thing and, you know, all that stuff. It feels like I've come full circle. And so what the record has to say, hopefully, is with a sense of finality, like this is still just my life. This is what I've gone through over these past five records now. And we're coming in for a landing. The overarching theme is there's a reformation that is taking place on the planet that's God-ordained, and it's going to be powerful and awesome. The reformation is about can Christians actually love? That's kind of the point for me. Is like I think we've done everything else that we know how to do, but the one thing that I know that if we do it, the whole world will actually look to Jesus is love. And he said, if, if we love, all men will know. And so the only thing worth dying for, for me, after seeing everything that the church has to offer, the only thing that's worth taking a bullet for is perfect love. That's the theme for me is like, we need to go after love because the world is not impressed with anything else that we've done. That's my opinion. But I think God's going to give us what's actually important, which is pure love and sacrificial love and, and Jesus type of love for everyone. And so that's what I'm after at this point. So it's my personal journey that says, this is what we're about. Next generation of kids, step up, take this thing, go, be aware that times are changing mm -hmm. and goodbye. Stop and offer! 
Lantern from Sleeping Giant's final album, I Am, which releases January 26th. The band brought in Bruce LePage of 100 Demons fame as guest on that song. Sort of unusual to see someone coming from a band known for bringing agnostic beliefs into their music onto a release by a devoutly Christian band. What you've heard tonight is just part of the conversation I had with Tommy Green. You can find the rest of our talk in the interview section of theantidoteradio.com. The Antidote has always aired a wide, wide range of genres and artists. Over the next two weeks, I'll feature a record label that has that same kind of mindset. Dave Emerson of Scotland's Zap Records will speak about the variety of artists found on their label. And I'll also share the thoughts and music of one of their artists, South Africa's Screaline. It's sad to say goodbye to Sleeping Giant as the band closes up for good. Tonight, Tommy Green comes back to finish our talk and give us the track No Love, a song that really epitomizes Sleeping Giant's intent for the I Am album. See you again next week. What you just said so matches something that's hanging on the wall of the church that I attend. The poster says, If the road to spiritual maturity is leading you to despise more people, then you're going the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that totally ties in and what you've just said in this Sleeping Giant single coming from I Am, No Love. Yeah, which I think I was going really hard after the Lord and after ministry, and I was really trying with Sleeping Giant and doing church and, and trying to go out and itinerantly speak and share with people. And I, I was really grinding myself into the ground. And so about four and a half, five years ago, I started melting. I just started burning out and I had to stop and just get a job and like stop trying to be something. And what I realized was, yeah, I think just on some level that I, I was missing something. And so first John four seventeen is the thing that's sort of haunted me because he says, love is perfected in this. Um, we'll have no fear in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. And then it says perfect love casts out fear has nothing to do with fear. Fear is about punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. That phrase perfected love, love is perfected in this. I kept thinking, I don't know what perfect love is, but I don't have it. And I've been doing ministry now for, you know, 12, 13 years. And I actually don't know if I love any better. I know more and I can do more Christian stuff. God, what if I don't love? Like, what if I don't love anymore? Like, what if my heart's so tired and frustrated that I've given up on love? I'd rather just be a quote unquote Christian than I don't have to love because I'm just good at being a Christian. You know, like I, I was really like losing something and I didn't like it. And so in stopping, I've had to reorient myself around what's really important and So to come through and go all over the world and lead so many kids into relationship with Jesus and see miracles and preach the gospel on so many different stages and like be bold and be about it and get home and go, what the heck is this about? It drove me to this question of like, what is it that I'm really willing to die for? It's love. It's perfected love. That's what this thing called Christianity is to me. And so my parting shot is people in the church are proud of us for doing stuff people in the world hate us for doing the same stuff doesn't matter i hope that we've learned how to love i hope that we're learning how to love because i think at the end of the day everything else is going to be really disappointing but love never is love will never disappoint us tommy i really appreciate you coming on the antidote man and sharing about sleeping giant 
Yeah, man. Thank you so much, Dave. I appreciate it. Like you are